0: Welcome inside the Hill City Highlights podcast, a podcast about the people of Lynchburg for the people of Lynchburg. Now, here's your host, Alan York. Welcome back to another edition of our Hill City Highlights podcast. I'm Alan York, and today we're going to introduce you to Brent Jenkins, uh, the Lynchburg Marketing Manager for Freedom First Credit Union. And uh, Brent, we'll get to Freedom First in a little bit. I want to start with your career and kind of where you grew up and what life was like as a little kid and sports. Did you play things like that? So uh, take us back where you're from and where you grew up and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah.
1: Thanks Alan. Thanks for doing this. It's been great. Uh, I've listened to several of those along the way. I think it's a great thing for the the community, how you've, you've highlighted those. Um, so for me, you know, I, I, grew up at, uh, up at the Smith mountain Lake area, Franklin County, um, not too far away, about an hour. Um, and, you know, um, kind of a typical childhood in that area. I just mainly played baseball and basketball sports-wise. You know, I had a local church uh, that we went to and then spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house. They had a, a farm and a, and a garden, so kind of taught me hard work um, early on uh, through that and how difficult it is to, uh, you know, grow your own food and, you know, take care of your own uh, um animals and, and farm life everything's like that so uh you know didn't want to didn't want to do that and my dad was a brick mason so I worked with him in all the summers um and uh, you know breaks from from school and everything so did that long enough to know I didn't want to do that the rest of my life and I uh, <laughs> had to find another career path
0: <laughs> you mentioned being around your grandparents who had a farm I remember vividly for me Brent. Uh, my great-grandparents, um, and I'm from Mount Airy, North Carolina. Most people would know that as Mayberry, where Annie Griffith grew up. Um, so great tourist attraction stuff if you were in the area there on the Virginia border. Uh, but for me, my great-grandparents had a farm, and I remember vividly uh, popping popcorn with my, great, uh, my great-grandpa. Um, so for you, around this farm, well, what do you recall – uh, what animals did they have and uh how much was that a part of who you would turn out to be maybe when you got older
1: yeah you know so by the time i can remember he still it was down to maybe you know chickens and a few things like that a lot of it had gone on but the gardening part and in the orchard you know was still strong and the uh the chickens you know were still around so um You know, that was a a huge part, um, just because you see how much work it is to maintain all those crops. And when I talk about planting, he planted everything, you know, it wasn't just a couple things. He planted everything you could find uh, that would grow in our area. And that starts in April and, you know, ends in pumpkins and things like that, This time gourds, things like that this time of year. So that was neat. He was also a woodworker as well, which, you know, taught me a lot in his shop. He's actually a shop still there. It's kind of the neighborhood. Uh, old man hangout uh, (laughs) my uncle and dad and a lot of those guys will go up there still and a lot of equipments everything's still in there so uh, it it was interesting you know it taught me a lot of uh, things and just there's a lot of you know cool hanging out moments in there and old wood stove and uh, cracking walnuts you know just things like that it's uh, just a typical you know kind of country um, story how he grew up, and you know his old tractor and you know, things like that. Going fishing, so it was it was fun. Maybe not want to go to school because once school started, I couldn't do all those things during the day. <laughs>
0: uh, joined by Brent Jenkins, the Lynchburg Market Manager for Freedom First Credit Union, um, Smith Mountain Lake. You mentioned growing up around there, Brent. What was we all know now what uh what it's like around the lake now? Uh, take us back. Uh, you know, twenty-five some odd years. What was it like around the lake at that point?
1: Yeah, you know. So interesting enough, most people may not even know this, but it's it's actually a man-made lake that uh, was just a river before. And my uh, granddad and his house actually was covered up. You know, when they flooded the, to, to, so you know, you go down on there, you you know, they can still point to where it was. Um, you know, out there. So my dad, you know, they lived there. I think they were six or seven, maybe when they flooded. I, I'm maybe getting the date wrong on that, but. Um, yeah, so you know it was very seasonal, you know, for a, the longest time, and it, and some folks would still say it's seasonal, but it's it's really changed a lot. Uh, there's a lot more traffic um, now. There's a lot more things to do. Obviously, the lakes, you know, seasonal, but the uh, the golf course. There's a lot of golf, good golf courses there. Mm-hmm. So it's really changed. Uh, we still need some good restaurants. You know, if anybody's in the restaurant business, want to set one up. We've got a lot of fast food and a lot of great Mexican restaurants is, and uh, some good Italian as well. But uh, and then some, you know, restaurants around the golf courses and things. Uh, but we could use that. There's a a huge uh, Sportsman store opening up up the lake right now. So it's changing. The traffic count has definitely changed. One of my customers just got the traffic count and he was blown away. He uh, look at putting a car wash there at how much it had changed and four or five years uh, ago, which I told him I'd be his first customer. He'll we definitely needed a, a car wash. I'll be able to use it both places. Um, you know, there's that's very nice, but uh, yeah, it's changed quite a bit. I mean, it's certainly very, very busy from, you know, May to September, but uh, even more so it's, 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 it's still much busier than it was uh, even in the off season.
0: Brent, you're obviously working in the financial space right now. Growing up, uh, did, um, I don't say money or math numbers, accounting. Did that interest you as a little kid or, you know, coming up through high school?
1: Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, I actually started in communications. I thought I was going to be you, you (laughs) be a sportscaster. And, uh, you know, at that point, I think at some point I found out that ESPN was located in Bristol, Connecticut, and that was an attractive place to go to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, kind of transition when we got to college. Uh, you know, I'd done that all through. We had a sports show, uh, Franklin County. We did it every week for three or four years. And uh, we would, you know, broadcast some of the football games, basketball games, uh, things like that. J.J. Reddick, you know, played for Duke, uh, Cave Spring at the time. So he was an arch rival. So we, you know, produced a few of those games. So hmm. enjoyed that. Uh, just I couldn't figure out exactly how to make it. I think it was, you know, nowadays you can probably see more career paths on that side, you know, at that point, it just seemed like if you didn't want to go to ESPN, you were kind of, you know, what are you going to – it was difficult, right? You had to kind of do what you did, you know, work your way up either through the minor league baseball side or something like that. But uh, – so I kind of changed over to, you know, actually after my – I think my freshman semester, I switched from communications to business. Mm-hmm. And I had an interest in banking because my mom had worked in banking for a while before she got in the wealth management uh, side. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, math – Certainly, if it was common sense, you know, some of the stuff didn't quite translate to me. But if it was common sense and approach, you could realistically use it day to day. That's what attracted me. Those type of deals, you know, when you could look at it and see here's a tangible uh, impact on your life on day to day. And that was where I think the banking part came in,
0: because you could see that. You by Brent Jenkins, the Lynchburg Market Manager for Freedom First Credit Union. Let's talk about your time at Liberty. Uh, what other schools did you look at going to? And correct me if I'm wrong, you played a little baseball at, at, at Liberty. And yeah, so, very,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell yeah, us very, about that. Very, very briefly, I was basically on the fall roster for a little bit. That was about it. But I uh, still love the program, keep up with it, and you know, try to help on as much as we can there. Um yeah, I mean, I I graduated in 07. Um, so I think I was going back looking. I think I had applied to. Roanoke, UVA, Liberty, and um, maybe Elon. I'm trying okay. To think,
0: back in the Elon, day.
1: okay. Elon, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. How about that? Yeah, yeah. At one point, that was a Christian school. I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess now kind of 50-50, I guess, on there. But I think that was was part of it. And uh, You know, Roanoke College was just starting baseball back up. They were really, really bad, um, you know, because it, it had been dormant. And so, I you know, that was a little too close to – felt Like home, anyway, because Roanoke was where you went more so right. than Lynchburg. Then, if you were from that area, and so uh, UVA got waitlisted, so that took care of that choice for me because I didn't want to wait around. I uh, ended up getting in uh later, that was where I was kind of a childhood fan of UVA's sports, at least. And um, you know, and then Liberty, my dad always wanted me to go there, but uh, once he once the, he kind of stopped pushing me, I figured it out on my own that was where I wanted to go, that was when it happened. Okay. <laughs> So a nice parent, parenting parenting lesson for me in the future. Uh, so
0: you went to Liberty. You got done there right as I got there in, in 2010. And I remember, set, and I had been on campus before doing some broadcasting for High Point University. We would make a couple of trips up there for basketball. Um, but in 2010 was around the time where the transformation of that campus really took place. Now, while this isn't a liberty uh you know focus podcast for this week but it is part of your story and ironically enough it's it's where i work and we love it but what do you recall about your tail end there at liberty and the changes that you started to see uh while you were there
1: yeah you know it, it definitely was seemed like it was always a construction zone even from over seven, it was just different you know yeah. different level of construction compared to now um, so it had definitely morphed. But the biggest thing, you know, it that took off. I mean, there's always great professors, great students, you know, great that that part I don't think necessarily changed. I mean, I had tons of great professors I still see, you know, to this day. Um, but I think, you know, what really took off was the athletic side, which, you know, and you know, really, as you're well aware, kind of uncapped the potential on the overall university. And I mean, growing up a UVA fan, I mean, I I still I didn't go to a football game till my senior year till coach Rocco took over. And then I went to a couple, you know, games and I still wasn't completely sold. And then once they started putting in the, you know, the infrastructure and investments into there, I, it kind of hit me like, why am I, you know, just to support my alumni, you know, I spent money there. And uh, so I backed off. I don't think, I yeah, I think it was around 2011 or 12. I never went to another UVA game after that started buying Liberty season tickets and, uh, not that I followed them still, you know, like baseball had been very successful, you know, long before that, um, probably the most successful, the, the visible sports. And then, of course, then Coach McKay comes back, it's, you know, basketball rolling and, you know, so many other sports now. I mean, uh, it seems like we're competitive in virtually every sport now and not just competitive, but really good. Um, so that was kind of where it flipped for me, just kind of seeing that investment and kind of light bulb went off uh, one day that, uh, like, why am I doing this? I you know, switch the you know, I'm going to go ahead and switch back to my, actually where I went
0: to school at. Go by Brent Jenkins with freedom first credit union. So you wrap up your college in, in 2007, you graduate, then what? It was time to get a job and get in, <laughs> in, in, in the work field and, and do what you wanted to do. Uh, take us through those steps after graduation, what you did, and yeah. then we'll get into freedom first here in a minute.
1: Yeah, great, uh, great time to graduate. '07 was, of course, the start of the real estate <laughs> kind of fallout and boom that, of course, we didn't really know that was happening in the spring. But it's also interesting enough, it was, uh, you know, that was the year Dr. Falwell passed away, the yeah. week of our graduation. So that was a, a weird, you know, kind of odd time because I think most of us just thought, hey, you know, he's been so uh, faithful, God's going to allow him to see it through to the promised land. You know, if what was to come on the other side and then that didn't happen, that was a huge shock. But, uh, you know, on the job side, um, you know, it was tough. There wasn't a lot of options. You know, Lynchburg had grown a lot uh, since then. I liked Lynchburg. Um, you know, I'd always saw the, the potential, but there just wasn't a lot. So there was a few options. You know, Genworth's always available for entry-level jobs. Uh, I think Wachovia Securities at that point, which is now Wells Fargo. So I had some options, but nothing really felt right. So I uh, ended up going back to, I had worked at a community bank in Roanoke uh, called Valley Bank uh, for a couple uh, summers. And, so I ended up investigating with them what that would look like. and They put me in a management trainee program, uh, which in a community bank is you learn on your own. You don't really have the training. <laughs> but I I, I like that. You know, I'd worked for a larger bank before and wasn't really a, a huge fan of the way that process worked. I just didn't have much decision making and, um, you know, I had to submit everything and it would go away somewhere else. And so that really kind of led to that. Uh, Valley Bank, that's where I worked there for about eight years before coming over Freedom First. They were we were bought out by um Bank in North Carolina, which is now Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a great experience. It was kind of really showed me, you know, the fabric of met a lot of great business owners and it was a Rona-based bank and didn't have any other branches anywhere else, but it gave me a lot of great connections and a lot of great experience that would uh you know be very beneficial, you know, in years to come. But oh seven was definitely a, a tough period. I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys that were in real estate would tell you that. And even in operating companies, you know, that was a really difficult time, uh, you know, to navigate through.
0: You know, my Brent Jenkins with freedom first credit union and let's fast forward here to the last couple of years, Brent, uh, everywhere you go in Lynchburg, you see freedom first, you see a, a banner <laughs> up, you see a billboard up, you see TV commercials with you and your colleagues. Uh, so th- it is a credit union and, and a financial institution that, is growing and that's a good thing in your business uh why to focus on lynchburg uh, the last few years and where have you seen that really blossom for freedom first
1: yeah so we're um we're about a uh, 1.1 billion dollar organization is a credit union which is different most people are not used to seeing credit unions kind of competitive in that commercial space especially but uh you know what's different is we're a a CDFI and a low to moderate income designated credit union, and uh, that opens up some additional streams. And our our leadership saw the benefit of going investing fully into commercial um, and you know spending the resources to build that team out um, appropriately. And uh, when you, we did that, it just unlocked a lot of doors. And we did that pretty successfully in rolling up first. You know, even though the organization as a whole has been around for sixty years. Um, it was originally the GE credit union then rebranded to the Freedom First about 25 years ago. Um, it was, uh, you know, we were kind of able to build that in the Roanoke market. And we're also in the NRV. We've got three branches up there as well. But uh, around 2020, you know, when the pandemic started Ooh. the discussions we'd always talked about maybe expanding to Lynchburg, uh, but you had to get that approved. And uh, I had to, you know, go through the, the appropriate channels. And when that became, you know, started to become possible, you know, we started having this conversation, would you like to go lead it? And uh, it was natural for me. I think sometimes it's scary for people because it was a new market. No one knew anything about us, um, you know. But for me, it looked at it as a great challenge, and I looked forward to it. And I, I came to – we came, you know, all, all the – I didn't live. I still lived at the lake, so it's kind of in between, right? But mm-hmm. it was attractive to me because I still came to all the games and still – Worth love and liberty in Lynchburg as a whole. And I saw there was a lot of potential there. But um, so we were able to kind of get involved in that pretty quick and hit the ground running. And
0: uh, here we are. When you look for a financial institution, and this is kind of where we tie in the education piece to those that listen to our podcast and want to learn more about uh, picking a financial institution that is going to benefit them. But at the same time, m- getting to know you guys and brad butler who's done some stuff at liberty now working for you it's about relationships and, and as cliche as that is brent uh you guys have a, a way of making customers feel like they're number one and that's not easy to do uh but i just think it's the personality of your bank and what you guys are as individuals that help uh customers feel like they're important how much do y'all develop that as a staff and how much is that a pillar of what freedom first does?
1: Yeah. You know, for me personally, I mean, I've always, you know, that's always been a huge you know, goal of mine is to to push that uh, relationship. And I don't think we would have gotten to, you know, 250 million in assets in a new market in two years without that. I mean, a lot of hard work, losing some hair up top there. I'll be joining. That's
0: uh, okay. Me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll be joining you there in a few years. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's been busy. It's, it's um, you know, it's, I think it's one of the most rewarding things is just seeing how it's viewed and seeing all of our construction signs and finance buy signs up when you drive around. And we just recently added a community development coordinator uh, Alicia's just outside here, which I'm really thrilled about. But yeah, when you're picking that, you know, organization, I think what's popular is every, every bank has its own products or services, right. Um, and they're all, you know, fairly similar. There might be some variations and, You know, maybe that one organization's got a branch location you like, and one you know doesn't. So there's that element of it as well. But technology's nullified a lot of that, you know, because you can do so many things from your phone. So it really comes back down to can who can I call when I need to get something done, and will they follow through? And I I think we've been very successful at that, and have been very cognizant of that as we've built the team out you know, with those guys around us, I think we're up to 10 or maybe 11 employees now, uh, which started with just me in a car, you know, two years ago coming down, trying to create some connections. And, uh, uh, interestingly enough, I think, uh, uh Jason Porter was probably the second guy I met with right. when I came down here. So, uh, it's just funny how that, the, those things kind of play out. And, uh, but, yeah, that's a huge part of it. You know, folks want to know this day and age, can they call someone and can they get it done? And I, I try as much as we can, our team, to handle everything here between our branch staff and our other commercial lenders, and Brad and our mortgage team, you know. Uh, because, again, if you do that, they know who to call. When you get in these chains of there's 20 people you have to call, people lose interest and they just go somewhere else. And so, But if they realize you're the single, even if you're not going to handle it, you can quarterback it out and still be involved, I think that really uh, is, is important.
0: Brent, there's no doubt that technology has made life easier. Um and at the same time though, some customers want to go into a branch and deposit their check or withdraw money with a quote unquote teller, if you will. Um that's available. I, I know, and how many not how many customers like to do that, but how important is that you mentioned having a relationship with customers. But face to face, I want to talk to somebody who's handling my money. Um, yeah. Is that an old school value that's still important today?
1: I think it is. You know, it's it's for a, a lot of organizations are moving away from that. However, um, I think there's still, particularly in the business arena, uh, a lot of businesses need a branch. And then there's a lot of the uh nonprofits and um, just folks in general and that's one of the things that's cool about freedom first you now we can handle everybody from the most personal most modest means all the way up to the you know uh, most wealthy individuals in the market and now that between our community development side and our private banking side and commercial we pretty much cover all of those which is not every single organization so what you find is um there's a lot of folks in both ends of the spectrum that, that want that in-person touch. You know, on the community development side, I mean, we probably do, I don't know, 500 one-on-one financial education, you know, um, um, seminars per year, one-on-one with folks. So those folks being in-person, you know, mortgage home buyers, um, yeah, commercial. I mean, I think we have, not a day goes by, we don't have at least three or four folks in here on our side, you know, on the commercial side coming in to visit. But uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a balance of, You can't throw up maybe 10 branches in a market like you did maybe 20 years ago where there's one on every corner, but I do think there's still a place for, you know, you need a, you need a presence and that's what we're trying to do here with our three locations.
0: Brent, break down the process of, okay, I'm a business owner, uh, whether it be small business or, Hey, I'm looking for a place, uh, to open up a shop or. Hey, I, I'm a bigger commercial entity. Take your favorite fast food chain. Or you mentioned car wash a little while ago. What's the process from start to finish of, okay, give us a call. Let's meet. And then what are the steps to seeing a job completed from the ideation of the the dream of somebody and then seeing ground broken at a particular location? Yeah. Uh, it's, it varies case to case i get it and location is important but what's a traditional uh transaction like from customer to the to the finish line
1: yeah so the construction side that's a different animal you know because there's so much involved with the county or the city you know getting all your approvals and designations and your drawings and plans even before uh sometimes you come to us i mean maybe we've already done a pre-approval from a cash flow perspective but you're getting projections you know if it's a car washer, franchise, market data, all those things. Then we look at the, you know, the guarantor, the person behind it that's running it, you know, the strength of that. And uh, you really put all that in a blender and it comes out with a a bunch of things you're looking at, you know, whether it's your uh, methodology, personal credit matters too. You want folks to pay their (laughs) their bills personally, certainly helps. But uh, you look at all that and there's an appraisal, there's an environmental element of it, there's a title search process. So there's a lot of stuff that pops up. You know, a lot of times the uh, commercial guys get the the, the the knock of, hey, they're nine to three or whatever and leave. And, you know, we're our, certainly not our guys, maybe, <laughs> maybe some others. Um, but if you're, there's a lot of different elements to it. But one of the, one of the more transactions that we're probably most proud of is we've been able to do a lot of SBA 504 loans, which gets a lot of folks into uh, their facility that they've been renting or leasing forever that they otherwise would not be able to Own and it's a nice product where you only have to put ten percent down instead of twenty. You get a twenty-five year fixed rate, but I can think of a handful of businesses, um, whether it's a salon or it's a tire shop or it's a uh, um, uh, gym, you know, things like that that sometimes have difficulty restaurant getting financing for traditionally. The 504 loan has been great, and uh, we've got a great partnership with a lot of folks in the area. And we've done a lot of those, which have allowed folks to get in and own the building that they had been renting in, you know, for five to 10 years. So those are cool because I think those businesses are the fabric of your your markets and uh, the fabric of your local economy. And, and getting those folks in, helping them, you know, achieve and attain wealth over time is a cool thing. Because, of course, it takes both. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with owning and investing in, in those type of properties so we certainly, that's our livelihood. But I also like to see it when there is a mutual desire for someone to sell a property and then the owner that or the least uh, tenant that's been in there for a long time that may be boxed out, that may think they're boxed out from a traditional financing. That's been a cool thing to see as well as we've probably been able to get eight or nine of those done. We've got another handful working on. So that that's kind of a high level mix, but there's a lot of stuff that goes in <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. And and, and there's so many levels to, um, things that maybe our listeners may not realize that goes into, uh, from start to finish with the process of whether it be commercial or, uh, you know, personal investing, those types of things. How about when I first got here in 2010, forest was kind of, kind of blooming, if you will, the new Kroger had, well, we called it new at the time had just been built and you see some build outs through that area. Uh, and now you look down Gravesmo road, just beside home Depot, the development stuff going on there. Uh, where, where's next in, in the Lynchburg area of, okay, this is what we see. And maybe you can't talk about it. Maybe you can, but sure. amongst your peers and things that do what you do. Um, and maybe it's Timberlake there where the Bojangles is and that area across the street from there. That's kind of growing where the sheets is. Yeah. Um, what, what's next? What, what can our. Listeners, maybe the kitchen table. You know what I heard on the podcast today, and maybe five years down the road they'll yeah. see it. Um, kind of what's next uh, for our area when it comes to development yeah. and uh, whether it be commercial or, uh, you know, personal property that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, I think obviously there's a ton still going on in Forest, and you know it's still expanding out. But always, you get at some point, you get how far out's too far, right? That it for people that that dries off. and. Um, you know, probably getting close to that, you know, on the stretch. out. Obviously, there's still some land there, but a lot of the developments are, are full now. You know, there's still some going on, and we've been fortunate enough to finance, you know, some of those um, that have been very successful. We're still pre-selling, you know, even on single families and things like that, even in a high-rate environment like this, which tells you one thing about the market. You know, Lynchburg's kind of insulated from some of the mm-hmm. – uh you know, things that are happening in other markets on there. And a lot of that's to do with Liberty, but there's also a lot of good employers, you know, that are growing like the Delta stars and BWXTs and yeah. things like that. There's are just, there's a Framatone. I mean, that they're, that are high end jobs that, you know, maybe didn't exist to that level, you know, 15 years ago. So if I had to guess, um, you know, uh, interesting enough, I'm kind of interested. It's a lot going on in Madison Heights, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. You know? Okay. But that's we're doing a large project down there, uh, the Dunkin' Donuts a lot of multifamily commercial with another uh, local um, developer down there, and there's a handful of other things. Uh, the Motor World, you know, obviously he's been expanding and, and going uh, crazy there, and he's a, a huge sponsor of uh, Liberty Athletics. And so there's a lot. Of, I think Madison Heights may be it because it's really only a seven to nine minute drive, and you know maybe long term people didn't think of that, but you know, I lived downtown my senior year and that was actually we went across the street, you know, to Blockbuster and, right. uh, you know, the Walmart and um, uh, the barbecue joint, which Silver Pig, which his name was escaping me. Uh, but we went there you know, pretty regularly. So I'm, I'm interested to see it. We get a lot of calls. I've got probably 15 to 20 construction or finance buy signs up in the market right now. That one is the one we're getting the most calls off of, interestingly enough. And some of them are just nosy trying to figure out what's coming but there's a decent amount of like wanting to, Hey, let me get in on this. Cause I think what they've obviously done some market research. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've I, I had to guess it may be Madison Heights.
0: That's been my, the, my next question. When people find out what you do and who you work for. Um, I know I've asked personal questions of like, Hey, are we going to be, I've, I've heard this, <laughs> you know, what, um, and maybe you want to mention a commercial property or not that maybe we will or will not be getting, I don't know. What's the one common thread of, Hey, Brent, are we going to get one of these? I yeah. like when it comes, there's a couple that come to mind, but I you know for sake of um, not, you know, not wanting to divulge anything, I'm going to keep it kind of close to the vest, but, and maybe it's a, a range of like a, a shopping mall or a grocery store chain or what have you retail space. What, what are, people that know you what are they asking you of like what's I guess similar to what's next but specifically they want to know I want to know is this coming I've heard rumors
1: yeah it seems like you get a lot of like with Publix and wawa I' <laughs> too that are everyone's interested I think we'll get them both I think they've both been looking in the market you know for a while um you know on there and that and they, who knows they may have they may have already agreed um obviously we don't work with every single uh bar and developer but um um there's a lot of nice projects going on and I you know they may some of those may pop up here pretty soon but that it seems like everybody's you know interested in those two um you know because they've I guess probably because they've heard they've been looking around and um but that would probably be the number the two that you hear the most about regularly
0: I think Trader Joe's will be another one yeah maybe um and we were up the Charlottesville area the other day and my wife was like hey let's Let's stop by Trader Joe's on the way home. So uh those are just a few that I I thought were were kind of interesting. Um when it comes to you know personal finances and finding the right bank and the right financial institution, uh for the those that listening that are maybe wanted to switch or have not found one that they really, really like, um just break through the process of what questions they may need, need to have ready to ask you when they sit down and meet with your staff, Brent.
1: Yeah, you know, when you're looking at that, I, I think, like I said earlier, about the products and the services and the person, personnel, you know, the other thing is an organizational fit and kind of like a mission. I think our mission, um, which is really to give back into those communities that we serve, you know, we give at least 10 percent back each year, you know, of our net income. And last year was 13 percent um, to those communities. And uh, you'll see we'll be doing another uh, check presentation Um here in a couple of weeks for the play for purpose campaign. And so I think when you really look at all that, you know, that, that, that's the first part of it is decide, Hey, do I want, who do I want to talk to Cause you can't talk to them all, right? I mean, there's probably 15 or 20, you got to kind of narrow down who's the three or four I want to look at. Um, and so if that, I would hope would get us in the mix because I don't, you know, I think that's a, uh, an awesome, um, commitment that we have and it's not just giving money i'm mean, the entire community development person here we have 12 overall having one full time in the market and then putting all those programs online here in lynchburg that are going to partner up with all these nonprofits as well to get these programs up and running now um, like a responsible rise program for single moms um, anyway that's just one but i think you know it's, it's it's really from there and what um you know what product fit Am I looking for what am I trying to get with my next season of life? You know, I think that's always where we're, you know, you're trying to look at. And then once you identify what that is, we can kind of help through, walk through some options, you know, whatever, whatever that may be, whether it's just checking your savings or whether it's a home equity line, you know, that may be tax deductible that, you know, those are very popular right now because a lot of folks have low interest rates on their mortgage from Purchasing in the last decade they don't want to move right so you start to try to fix your current home up rather than buy or sell um so those are very popular vehicle right now and they're interest only and you can maybe navigate the interest only period through the high rates until they come back down then maybe you can go do a you know cash out refi or something later to put into a fixed rate you know when rates are more favorable uh to the borrower but that's the kind of stuff you look through you know i think just what's on deck you know and where you're at um In life, and when you look at all that together, I think we can usually put together a pretty good customized package.
0: Wrapping things up, the Brent Jenkins, the Lynchburg Market Manager for Freedom First Credit Union. Uh, Your logo is, um, I I think businesses and companies can miss the boat with logos, just like they can with their branding on billboards. I think in my next life, I'm going to be a billboard marketing manager um because you see billboards whether it be digital or static or just the vinyl they put on um some do it great some leave it a little bit to be desired i think you guys hit the sweet spot with yours um and the star that's in it um now you know roanoke is a star city and that's kind of where the headquarters i'm not sure if that was part of the history of the logo maybe it was um but the Mill mountain star is Great to go overlook the city of Roanoke, by the way. That's another podcast for another day. Um, But the logo, um, what do you know about it? Um, How often does it get tweaked? And I just think you guys hit a home run with the logo whenever that was created uh, years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They haven't um, tweaked it too much lately. I think most of it was probably with the rebrand. And that was kind of a, the star is kind of a secondary, you know, logo to go with it, an alternate. You know, logo, I guess is the word for it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's unique. And, and the slogan is pretty unique too, which is bank for good. And, you know, I always thought of it as you, uh, you know, you choose a bank, that's where you're going to end up for good rather than have to change four or five times, you know, like many people do. But it's interesting enough, and a lot of customers that we interviewed and did uh, commercials with thought that that's, well, no, that's where I bank for the good, you know, like in the community in that too. So, yeah, I think it's kind of cool when you can capture two things like that in the middle of that, in the star and the, the branding and the name and everything. Of course, all goes together, you know, with that. But I think it's pretty successful when you can kind of put all that into there, and a customer kind of connects that on their own without, you know, even bringing that up. So I do like it. Of course, I've always been a red, white, and blue guy my entire life, whether it was high school or Liberty or the Red Sox or whatever. That's I think that's all I know. I don't think I have much. My wife makes fun of me and says I don't have much clothing outside of those colors so i've been trying to branch out a little bit <laughs> because everything is those colors all my teams employ employer everything so uh i don't know
0: <laughs> wrapping things up with brent jenkins with freedom first credit union you mentioned your wife uh your kids opportunity to to tell our folks about uh about them the age ranges kind of what activities are into right now
1: yeah yeah we got four um they're all the way from one and a half to eight my, my two oldest uh are at SMLCA up at the lake and uh well I guess my my third son he just started pre-K last week so he's uh he's learning um in there and uh, my wife stayed with them and then she does some some odds and ends jobs on the side she had a full-time job keeping up with four uh, of
0: those <laughs> no doubt no doubt
1: there's they're wild but uh yeah it's it's good uh you know they the girls play a little bit of soccer I'm trying to get Jason to baseball and golf. I um, actually took him out for a little 9 holes yesterday. It started raining on us in the middle of it and then he wouldn't get out of the cart anymore. So, <laughs> he was doing pretty good before that, but the
0: rain scared him away. <laughs> and what what's it like being a a TV star with these TV commercials, Brent? Do you, <laughs> you get recognized for those around the community?
1: Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, I did. Uh we were uh in uh up at the club level for the last football game and <laughs> One of the local uh, guys came up, and, and we had talked to before in the past. We hadn't met in person. We talked on the phone, and he recognized me off that. Actually, happened three, four times the last game. So, uh, I guess they're, I guess they're working. We've certainly been opening a lot of accounts. I don't know that that's the reason or not, but uh, we'll, we'll take credit for it. <laughs> it's whether it Brent,
0: is we appreciate your time here today, Brent Jenkins, uh, Market Manager here in Lynchburg with Freedom First Credit Union, part of our Hill City Highlights podcast. Brent, appreciate the time, and uh, look forward to catching up soon.
1: Yeah, thanks again, man. This is awesome. I think it's a great thing for the community, and uh, um, I think it's uh, awesome to get all those businesses out. So appreciate you doing this.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hill City Highlights Podcast. Have an idea for future shows? Email our team at hillcitypod at gmail.com. And join us each week for another episode of the Hill City Highlights Podcast.